You are listening to KAXE Northern Community Radio. I'm Katie Carter coming to you from the Bemidji studio. It's time for Area Voices. Area Voices tells the arts, culture, and history stories of Northern Minnesota. And I love that Kari played that song because I kind of feel like I keep coming back to Bob Schimmick for lots of education about things. And I mean, I'll just say it here on the radio. He's one of my Really, I think one of my favorite people. So I'm really happy he's with us this morning. Uh, we've got snow snakes on the brain around here. And um, snow snakes is an indigenous winter game that I've really only recently learned more and more about. And I'm still learning more about it. Like, first of all, they're not made of snow, and, but rather they're made of wood and they're actually raced through the snow and I bumped into Bob Schimmick at the Watermark Arts Center in Bemidji recently. We were looking at the snow snakes in the exhibit called What We Were Given and I want to recommend that you go to that exhibit because it's super powerful. Uh, But as Bob and I were talking about the snow snakes and looking at them, like I said, they're not just a game. They are gorgeous art and they're made of wood and Bob is here to tell us more about it. Bob, how are you doing this morning? And he's meeting us from the powwow grounds at White Earth at the White Earth Reservation. So I always love that that's where you get the greatest reception on your phone. So welcome, Bob. Good morning, Katie. And yes, it is a beautiful, crisp, clear Groundhog's Day morning here on the White Earth Indian Reservation. And I first want to say a happy Groundhog's Day to all. And please do celebrate safely. This is an important holiday, you know. (laughs) (laughs) See, Bob, that just reminded me, like like normal conversations, we're going to get a little bit off track right now. You were out, were you out looking for the comet last night, or was that two nights ago? It was a couple of nights ago. Well, I wasn't looking for it. You know, it's just one of those things, like, when you walk out your house, especially at night, you sort of get familiar with how the night sky looks, you know, as as you come out, and there was this thing, I said, now, wait a minute, this is different, and I'd spotted, like, one or two nights before, but it was sort of cloudy, and just for a little bit, I could see this green spot in the sky. And so, anyway, long story short. Yeah. First, I put on my glasses, and I said, yeah, that's that's different. <laughs> then went and got my binoculars, and sure enough, there was this comet. And I guess it's not named, it's numbered or something, and I don't know the numbers, but yeah, it's just one of them that we'll never see again. You know, it's a unique opportunity right. to see one that probably isn't going to come past Earth. For another 50,000 years. Right, right. So it's a good reminder to get outside and look up and consider. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I do all the time. I mean, the first thing I do when I get out there is just look up at the sky, see what's going on. Mm. Well, let's bring it down to earth for a minute. Let's talk about snow snakes. How about that? <laughs> let's do it. All right. So I was blown away by these things, as you know, when we were standing at the Snow Snakes um, part of the exhibit at the Watermark Art Center. I just didn't realize how beautiful they are, these 
um, these creations. Um, and there's a couple different styles and, you know, some are more square and really, it's really artistic looking um, individual be- painted and, and I don't know if I, I don't know if the word like, I don't know, totem is not the right word, but they were just, I don't, I don't know how to describe them. They're just so beautiful. And then the other ones were also beautiful, but very aerodynamic, almost like a smaller javelin, but not pointy at the end, but metal tipped. Could you talk about the different kinds of snow snakes and the legend and lore and and story behind them? Okay. First, I need to say how many hours you got. (laughs) Well, we got till we got a while. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to... uh, Try and condense this all down. I mean, there's a, first of all, there is a legend, there is a story that goes with all this in our Ojibwe communities. And um, I guess I just need to say, I've been, I figured it out this year. I've been doing this about 30 years. And when I first started, you know, I always, if I'm going to take on something like this, I always ask the question, okay, how did we get these? Why did we get these games? And why is it important that we still play them? And <clears throat> that journey took 19 years, you know, to find that story, to find that legend, you know, making inquiry. Yeah. Just along the way as I, you know, went about my business. And so uh, the legend, you know, first and foremost, is about how do we take care of our families, how do we take care of our communities, and how do we take care of the land? That's all in that story. And, of course, you know, it's the Anishinaabeg way, the Ojibwe way, um, Ojibwe worldview on this whole thing. And, you know, one of our cultural heroes, Winnebujo, we call him around here. You know, he sent his half-sister, whose name was Awanakwe, or Fog Woman, um, with some gifts for the Anishinaabeg. And, you know, there's this whole story that unrolls around all these, you know, the occurrence of events that took place that led up to her actually gifting these to the Ojibwe as well as how she did it. And, you know, it's a pretty detailed and and uh, involved story, which we don't have time to tell here. Um <clears throat> But, I mean, there was, like, a number of different things. One, she brought Ganabic, which is our word for snake. Two, she brought Oga, which is our word for walleye. Three, she brought Chickenabic, or the giant snake. Um, and she brought fingernails. And she brought snow snakes. And that's where I, you know, I want to uh, kind of focus there. 
Okay. Because all these, you know, all this stuff is related. All this stuff is related as, as, as you go through this story. It's all intertwined. It all dovetails. But at the end, you know, she explained to the Anishinaabe that you take your Anishinaabe or St. Ma, your Indian tobacco, and you go out to the woods. And the Mamie Glacier woods, the ones we call the little people, will guide you to the stick or the cane that will become your snow snake, and you take it in and you peel it and you shine it and you polish it and you decorate it. And then at that time of the year when the snow is on the ground, you make a hoop and you roll that hoop, which represents your circle of life, and you slide that Ganabic through the snow and you try and pass it through that hoop. And that when we play this game, you know, it makes all these different ones that are previously mentioned in the story, all these different cultural and, and spiritual beings, it makes them all happy, makes them all feel good, so that the Anishinaabe will have lots of Indian food and medicine in that upcoming time of the year. When the water is open, and when I say that, I mean when it, you know when it's not froze. Okay, so that's just a little bit of a synthesis about the story, about the legend, um, and I want to spend a couple minutes just talking about um, the different styles. Mm-hmm. Yes, of snowflakes. So. You know, there is that what I call the traditional style, where you go out to the woods, you find this cane or you find this stick, you find this small sapling, and you bring it in and you do all, you know, you transform it into this um, snake-like object. So... You know, it's it's been a really, really interesting path as I've gone down this, you know, for the last bit of my life, you know, seasonally, of course. And, um, I mean, one, it's one of those things you, you get out of it what you put into it, okay? I mean, so like so much else in life. You get out of it what you put into it. And I have seen some of the most beautiful and, and creative work, artwork, come out of this project, um, especially in the schools, working with students. And yeah, there are those that just work to make these really vivid, clear art um spectacular artistic expressions with their snow snakes, but also some, and this isn't, this isn't just, um, students. I mean, this kind of happens across all age, age groups. Some make like a story stick 
No, they they're 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 telling a story. Sometimes it's about a dream that they've had that maybe they can't quite articulate or they don't want to talk about it. But yet they'll tell the story of that dream as they create their Gunikanabic, their their snow snake. Um, I think the other the other piece is you know, and you know, it's we all have these things happen in our community, but you know, we've had some who make their Gunikanabic, their snow snake as a memorial to a recently deceased loved one, you know, in in their family or their community. So all kinds of this incredible expression comes out as people work on these projects during the, the winter months. Um, the other, the other type, that you referred to that looked more like uh, javelins or big darts or something. Those are more of something that's kind of, I want to say we borrowed that from our Eastern relatives. And when I say that, I talk about, you know, the uh, Mohawks, the Seneca, the, the Iroquois, the Cayugas, you know, Oneidas, all those ones out east of Bemidji. Let's just say those those tribes out east of Bemidji aways there. Um, they're the ones. They originally used those as messenger sticks between villages during the wintertime. Oh, you my know, they goodness. Would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would... They would carve or they would fashion um they're almost like a mini luge except they're you know not on a hill of course um but they would fashion this you know this 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 shallow trough or channel through the snow between villages and they would fashion messages to the snow snake, and then they would shoot the snow snake over to the next village. Mm. That's how I understand how that one came about. Whoa. Okay. You know, I just want to say to just for uh, the listeners, when we're talking about the snow snakes, because I really didn't, rec- I did not realize... I didn't realize what they were until you and I were standing at the watermark that day. I'd never seen one in real life. And they're like three feet long. They're long um, pieces of wood that have been created in these incredible fashions. I just trying to just trying to give a visual for the listeners if if you didn't mind me interrupting there for a second. So they're it's quite they're quite stunning. Oh yes, and I mean there's some are that are longer. Oh my gosh! Okay. You know I have some in the car with me right now that are closer to six feet. 
okay. than they are anything else. I have um, another one that I think is probably only maybe, you know, two feet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's really no limit on size other than what you can comfortably handle, carry, and, of course, you know, slide, you know, when when it, when it comes time. Yeah. Um, a student over at Fond du Lac Reservation did make one one time that um, was a small birch tree, and it was beautiful, but it was huge. And I just kind of in a joking way told him, you need to make a launcher for that thing. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Get some, <laughs> get some inner tubes from some truck tires or something. Make <laughs> like a giant slingshot for that thing because it was huge and it was heavy, but it was it was spectacular. Um but anyway, back to you know, back to these more streamlined area aerodynamic ones. So I don't know if anybody out east of Bemidji or east of Whiters uses these as messenger sticks anymore in this day of cellular technology and you know digital communication and all this stuff. But um, you know they've converted that kind of into the sport where they'll take those real smooth streamlined aerodynamic ganabics and they will again they they still have that you know we build a track that's similar to what was formerly done when they were when these were communication devices um and we see how far we can throw them. You know, it's purely a contest of how far, how long, you know, can you make your snake go? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then, of course, that one with the rolling hoop, um, that one, because of the way that the traditional snow snakes are fashioned, you have more of an advantage there. Um, and jumping through the hoop, just because of the way the heads are shaped. Right. But again, you know, we've kind of come up, invented a point system, you know, for when we play these tournaments or play these games and... You know, we give prizes away, and, you know, when we're doing things with students, sometimes we'll give them trophies. Yeah. Um, How far can they go? Well, on Lake Bemidji last year, and that was the first time we did it there, you know, at the end of February, um, we had some... Uh, the oh, you're kind of muffling a little bit here, Bob. I'm losing you a little bit for some reason. Oh, all right. I'm there, sorry. That's better. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we had some of the uh, some of those snow snakes go about 430, 450 feet. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and. Some of them hit the end of the tracks. So it's like, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how far they could have gone, 
but uh, I mean that is such yeah. a testament to their aerodynamics of these things. That's amazing. Wow. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we had people coming from Michigan and Wisconsin, and of course, you know, all throughout the Minnesota area mm. that came up for our little, our first little tournament on uh, Lake Bemidji last year. Um, I want to say the the last game we play, and this one came about. You know, I sort of more in, invented this game recently because. Uh, <clears throat> Those first two games, you know, when you're seeing how far you can make that Ganebic go or you're trying to slide it through that rolling hoop as it moves through the snow, you know, some of that stuff requires a lot of uh, coordination, skill, athletic ability, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. The last game I put into effect a number of years ago because, you know, especially with schools, you know, we have a lot of kids with special needs, whether it's learning disabilities or, you know, we've numerous times we've had ones out there in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Um and so we do what we call a target shoot, and we just set up a target in the snow. It can be anything. It can be a water bottle or a half-full pop bottle or something, just something that gives them something to shoot at. And the distances aren't very far, but it gives those students who may not be athletically gifted or real coordinated or real strong it gives them the opportunity to also win, mm-hmm. and you know I still think back to this 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 the this moment, one of the first times we did that. We had a girl in a wheelchair, and um, she won. She won that event. So, you know, we try and cover all spectrums, capacities, capabilities. But I think the biggest thing, you know, when the community gathers and we play this game is we have fun. It is so much fun. You know, all the hooping and cheering and yelling and groaning and moaning when somebody almost makes it. (laughs) Oh, it's it's just a really good sport, a lot of fun. Yeah, and you must see these kids light. I mean, you work with kids, you work with schools all around the area and teaching about snow stakes and helping kids create their own. It must be pretty cool to see them lighting up as they're creating these examples of, I don't know, it's sort of like they're creating a little bit of themselves out of these wood pieces. It is. Um, some of the schools I work with, you know, they do not have an arts program. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the money for it. But yet this gives them an outlet for that uh, artistic expression. 
I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I do work with students basically from, uh, well, mostly here in Minnesota, uh, the northern tier from Whiters to Fond du Lac over there south of Duluth. And for the second year now, this is this is an all-age um, festival. They call it a snowflake festival. Yeah. You know, a little bit later here in February, we're all, a bunch of us are going over to Madeline Island on Lake Superior for a snow snake gathering. So, and, you know, tell that story, tell that legend, and <clears throat> keep the game strong. Yeah. Keep the game healthy. Keep our families, our communities, and the earth healthy. Mm. Um, so there's, but there's an event coming up in Bemidji the end of the month too, right? Yeah, there is. So there's there's a couple of things going on. Oh, you're muffled again, Bo. Okay, there's a couple of things going on. Um, February 24th, on Lake Bemidji, right next to Paul Bunyan Park, at 10 a.m., we're having the school invitational. Yes. Okay. tournament. And that's where schools from throughout the region will gather on Lake Bemidji and have their own competition. Um, later to that day or in the evening of February 24th, that Friday, there will be a storytelling at the River Rail Folk Center. Okay. And I'm not sure what time that is. I think that's maybe 7 or 8 or something. I don't know. There'll be more publicity about that shortly. And then on February 25th, Saturday, you know, it's, it's uh, open competition, all ages. Mm. Everyone's welcome. Come down, try your hand. Um, if you have a snow snake, lurking in your closet someplace, bring it on down. Hmm. Um, we'll have extras for those who don't have one. Hmm. Well, I think I'm looking forward to that and putting it on the calendar. So um, I think we have to go, though, now, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I am Migwitch for sharing this knowledge and history and wisdom with us. And I just, I am so looking forward to my first snow snake tournament, to witnessing it at the end of the month. And thanks for sharing the wisdom with all the schools around the area and sort of reinvigorating this sport um, for wellness, really, of the whole community. It is. It's really what it's about, wellness. Mm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. Have a wonderful day, Bob Shimmick. Okay. All right. You, thank you. We'll visit again. All right. Area Voices is made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and Citizens of Minnesota. <laughs>